Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode and Indeed Prime. I'm one of your hosts, UX designer Yasmin Evian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-host, tech columnist Andy Anako. What a joy to be talking to both of you right now. And just fibered Russell Ivanovich. Oh, you, I, look, I don't care how many fiber jokes you want to make. We just got optical fiber. You know, the, the, the light stuff, speed of light, it's magical, hooked up to our office. And I can tell you, for anyone who's ever lived in Australia and put up with our incredibly slow internet, especially when it rains, having fibre is something else. And I, I did get a few funny tweets from some listeners. I tweeted out, I'm like, yes, I'm in the 21st century and people were sending me their speed tests, you know. Oh, I get 500 megabits. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I finally have decent internet and I'm happy. And then... I kid you not, Yasmin, I got one from my wife. She works at uh, one of the universities here in South Australia. She gets a gigabit up and down. I think she was trying to rub it what? in. I'm like, still don't care. 100 megabits is plenty for anyone. Yeah, I used before I got Verizon FiOS to my neighborhood, it was like, I, picture me like having to like write stories. And here I am just writing a story about this wonderful initiative that this uh, the city, I forget where it was, but somewhere in the Midwest had, so that uh, they're upgrading all of their infrastructure and pretty much every streetlight was also going to be a free Wi-Fi station. And they would also, we're going to be basically putting broadband throughout the entire city. And as I'm finishing this up, I'm thinking, I stop and I think, so basically, a homeless person with a Samsung phone on a park bench has better access to the internet than me in this house, in this office. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't tell you about the when I when we first got married, we were in an apartment complex, and it was one of those uh, complexes that like you could only use what was provided, and it was uh, CenturyLink, which is uh, Comcast, and I think we had. Se- seven megabytes of uh that was like the highest speed that we could get and it was just ridiculous and anyways it was a terrible it was the worst two years of my life because they signed us up for a contract that we couldn't get out of and it was it was terrible it was terrible so it, i think it was you, a, yeah, i think you had everyone's, everyone's sympathy at comcast <laughs> exactly <laughs> even my sympathy so, uh, i don't live in the u.s so yeah so hey we're we're happy you have the fiber i google fiber come on uh, come to yeah, some, Come to Phoenix. I know you don't have Google Fiber, though, right? Yeah, some people are like, oh, congratulations, glad Google hooked you up. Google Fiber is not in this country. They, they, haven't, they haven't deemed us worthy, <laughs> but that's fine because I hear they haven't deemed a lot of the U.S. worthy as well, and they're having problems with councils and states and all sorts of fun private companies. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, happy to be a taste, uh, you know, again, drone delivery burritos, <laughs> self-driving car, Google Fiber. I will happily beta test all this, all this stuff. Come on, Google. But be, but be be fair, Russell. I mean, how many like installers in their trucks are eaten or bitten or abandoned to the desert every single week in Australia? Uh, Andy, if you want a really fascinating story, and I'm sorry to go nonfiction on you, but there's the story of how they rolled the telegraph, uh, the actual wires like across the middle of Australia. That is an epic, epic journey to make. And they had, you know, camels with big reels on their backs and whatever, and they ran it across the entire country. And yeah, quite a few of them died. And yeah, it's, it's not fun. And they had to put up all the poles and, you know, run the, the wire and stuff. I think it's still like that to this day, as far as I know. You know, your, your Telstra or your Optus engineer goes out in the, they now have a van, which is nice. But still, if you break down, it, it's over. They just abandon you. They unplug your satellite phone and they're like, we never knew that Dave ever existed. Long live Dave. Well, speaking speaking of Australian creatures, we do have to start off with a major correction to last week's show. Now, I'll, this will—I yes. I, want to open up. I, I want to show you my vulnerability before someone else. I think is going to apologize and being very, very embarrassed. He's hold, on the on the Skype channel. He is holding his head in shame. Um, we're, we're talking about be. koalas and having pouches, <laughs> and I was pretty—I was certain that koalas are marsupials. But then the person who lives in Australia <laughs> said that they don't have pouches, Ooh. and so the and so I and I felt intimidated by saying, See, "I'm a journalist," which means that I. I look stupid if I don't second guess everything I think is a fact before I actually publish it. So I backed off and said, well, they have pouches. They just aren't obnoxious about showing it off like some marsupials I could mention. <coughs> kangaroos. But uh, <laughs> would you – but uh, – uh, Dan Goods uh, over Twitter uh, said, uh, just wanted to point out for Material Podcast benefit that koalas do have pouches. Rusty Shelf should have known that. And then he uh, – uh, well, actually, it's a, it's, a, it's a perfect picture for this podcast uh, to show uh, a koala with a pouch. Uh, it is uh, a adorable, sleepy koala sleeping with, uh, in a very unladylike posture with the uh, parts of a uh, joey 
sleeping but also uh, sticking out there. So like Google itself, it is a mixture of cool and disturbing. Uh, but let's. Uh, but I, hey, I'm 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 dominating the conversation. Russell, you have the floor. Andy, uh, I have Russell, a, I have a prepared statement that I'd yourself. like to to read, if I may, just just a moment. Uh, uh, to all the people of Australia, it, it's a very fine nation. I'm in love with the people. It's got strong borders. It uh, has amazing animals, and uh, yes, I I thought about a few ways to play this off, Andy. So I'm thinking. I could pretend it's a joke, but the problem with Australians is we have extremely good BS meters, and I think they pick up immediately on the fact that I generally, in that moment, I didn't think koalas have pouches, and boy, have I been corrected since. So I want to thank my fellow Australians <laughs> for being so understanding that I made a mistake. You know, they're, they're quite understanding that not only, only half the nation perhaps abused me on, on Twitter and various other mediums to which they could get me on. And yes, okay, I admit freely I made a mistake. Koalas have pouches. They have joeys, you know, that's where the little koalas, you know, sleep and I shouldn't say any more because I'm going to get that wrong as well. Koalas have pouches because they are a marsupial animal and this is something you learn in Australian schooling, everybody. (laughs) You know, I I said they had pouches and... um... Then I corrected myself, but I shouldn't have corrected myself. I should have, I should have stuck to it and been like, no, I'm right. No, I actually am right here. Um, I, I have the perfect way to deflect, though, because I've heard in PR disasters like this, the thing is, apologies are right, but a much better thing you can do is deflect. So I'm not going to deflect onto ISIS. What I will say is that on our sister uh, podcast, Connected, they once pronounced it Bondi Beach. Bondi Beach, people. <laughs> Bondi Beach. That's the facts we should be focusing on. Stephen called it Bondi well, Beach. That's the end of my statement. <laughs> Speaking of facts, uh, uh, koala pouches. Now, I did have to. I did double check this. Koala pouches open at the rear, uh, and uh, an interesting fact about the the koala pouch is that during the six or seven months that a joey remains in its mother's pouch, the young is in danger of dropping out due to the relatively weak muscles that ring a koala's pouch compared to the relatively strong muscles of, say, the wombat, who has the same pouch configuration. Wombats have pouches too. Exact koalas and wombats. That's awesome. We w- to prevent we us from doing another bloomer next week about wombats on YouTube. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to post a link. It was it was the farting wombat. I think uh, it was yes, I'm going to have to correct you there. Wombats don't fart. All right, it's not a thing. <laughs> farting wombat isn't that a distro, is of, a distro of Debian Linux? <laughs> and wait, that, that, that's the it's one that has too, the new like Bluetooth yeah. 4.1 compatibility stack. And that is why. I am now on hashtag Team Yasmin. The pixel race is on, Russell. Who will win the great pixel race? You know what I have here in my hand, Russell? What do I have here in my hand? It looks like a case, Yasmin. Holding... Wonder Woman. It doesn't Wonder look like right. a pixel... iPad case. It's definitely not a phone. I, I, I can confirm yeah, it's exactly. not a phone. I am holding Wonder Woman's pixel, which is invisible, <laughs> so you can't see it. But, yeah, but I put a case around it so that you can see where it's supposed to be. Uh, yes, I have a pixel in my hand right now. It might just be a case, but it's a pixel case. So uh, it, this arrived over the weekend. Um, the pic- I ordered a pixel case because, you know, my pixel's supposed to arrive and uh, hopefully before Russell's comes in so I can win the great pixel race. But I was comparing it. I was comparing it uh, side by side to my Nexus 6P to see if I could do with a smaller screen. And so I, I, put, I posted a picture on Twitter, but this is uh, live. You can see how much smaller the Pixel is compared to the 6P. Uh, I mean, it's not incredibly like that much smaller. It's a big, as big as my watch. So that was a joke, my big watch. Oh, Yasmin's tablet. Yeah, by the way, Yasmin. Right. Everyone, my I jokes noticed, are just I noticed that just you put another great. tablet on your wrist during the week. I, I just have to say, as a spokesperson for Material Podcast and the entire Google ecosystem, the fact that you keep strapping tablets to your wrist is not making us look good. I think the Apple crowd think that this is what Android Wear watches look like. Look, you know, I'm not made of money. And so <laughs> if someone on Android Wear wants to make uh, their, their product look good, feel free to ship me a small watch because all the watches that I've come in contact with uh, have been ginormous. And yes, what Russell is talking about is that over the weekend, I was at my in-laws house and she has the Fossil Q. And it is, it, it's, a, it's a pretty nice, I mean, it's, a, it's a nice watch. Like, you know, Fossil makes really nice bands. But goodness gracious, is it thick. It is still a ginormous watch. It's like, I think it's bigger than the Moto 360, which is kind of unfortunate because you're thinking, oh, like Fossil would really get this watch thing down. But uh, not yet, not yet. So 
I'm still holding out for for the perfect uh, Android Wear watch, watch to upgrade. <laughs> Maybe think about uh, I've, I've been testing out the uh, Fitbit Charge 2, which just came out uh, a couple of weeks ago, which is technically a fitness band, but it has. I was wearing it through. I was at the New York Comic Con all weekend, which is one of those times where I need to have like notif- I don't. I need to have excuses not to take my phone out. Uh, and I was. It'll give you notifications. It'll give you the basics of uh, of alerts and, and calls and texts. But the thing, and but the cool thing is, it is like it is the slimmest. Thing that you could possibly call a smartwatch, uh, and it also they stole the best idea from the uh, from the Apple Watch in that the bands are replaceable with something that's upscale, something that's downscale, whatever you like. It's got the heart rate monitor, uh, and it's only 150 bucks. And of course, I was using it with my Android phone, uh, and it was working great. I think that this is probably the best, the, the nicest cross-platform device that's out there right now. Yeah, it's nice looking. It's small. I see a lot of those in the wild, Andy. I don't know if it's just Australia, yeah. but I, I see a lot more of those than I see Apple Watches. Just anecdotally, that's that's my scientific survey. You know, it was weird though. At the at New York Comic Con, I saw more Samsung Gear wristwatches than I've ever seen in the wild. In my, usually, if I see one, that's kind of like seeing someone like this year using a BlackBerry. It's like, oh my god, they've been they've been farmed to extinction. They don't. They should be captivated, <laughs> tagged, and found another BlackBerry user to mate with. But I fought, I saw like okay, it's going to sound less impressive when I say it's four or five actual people who are using who are using uh, Samsung Gear watches. But I have never seen more than one person in any day wearing this stuff so i don't know if they're they I don't, I, maybe they've lost interest in life they're hoping that this will also give them i don't know like a, a cool burn tattoo or something or basis for a lawsuit <laughs> uh, but and it's the uh, once again it's the of the but this tracker i've got is the fitbit charge 2 um these are also these are also good because uh, i also had my android wear watch on the other one and at the end of the first day which Believe it or not, started at two. Uh, to, I, I hit the city at two thirty in the morning on Saturday. Did not get to my room until nine o'clock at night. Uh, whereas the Android Wear watch gave me credit for twenty six thousand something steps. Uh, the Fitbit gave me credit for thirty one thousand and Ooh, change, I'll and take that. more than a half marathon. So I'll say oh, the that the Android Fitbit Wear watch is, more is just trying to keep you honest. Okay, <laughs> just no. trying to keep you honest. You know, m- maybe those weren't steps. Maybe it was just you moving around a little bit. You know, uh, no, no. Take, take the one with the highest count. <laughs> <laughs> take it exactly. all the way to the bank. I, I will tell you, though, speaking of, of timing things, um, we did get an email from a listener. Uh, they were emailed by Google about the blue pixel being available. He says in the email, he says, I got this email at 7.42 p.m., <laughs> opened it, and I clicked the Buy It Now button at 7.46, so four minutes later for those paying attention, it was already out of stock, <laughs> which I love. That's, that's well played, Google. It's... If you're going to make something rare, I guess, uh, you know, go all the way, make it four minutes rare. Man, I should have really bought the the 32 gig uh, when I had the chance because I had the link, you know, someone tweeted out before it was like actually on the website and I was like, oh, I can't actually buy it because, you know, it it wouldn't, I'm not going to actually use it. But man, if I would have bought it, I would have, could have made some good money on eBay. And speaking of products that will no longer be available, we do have an update for you. But first, a message from our sponsor. Yes. You'll never guess what product it is. I'm so excited. You'll never guess what it is. A yes. product is not to be held. I, 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 I don't want to give it away. The I don't want to blow it. I don't want to blow it. killing me. This is what's called a teaser. You listen to the whole ad. You're on tenterhooks. It could be. It could literally be. They, there, he there he can't possibly products. think that the thing that we're going to talk about is a secret. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so this episode of A Material Podcast is brought to you by Linode. Linode is a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world, which makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in literally under a minute. That's literally, not figuratively, with plans starting at just $10 a month, which will now get you two gigabytes of RAM. So you'll be able to choose things like your Linux distro, if you want Farting Wombat, I'm sure they have that on there, Uh, your node location from the manager tool. And once you're up and running, they have all the other tools that you need just right there, just a few clicks. So let me tell you some of the stuff they offer. They've got industry-leading native SSD storage. They've got powerful Intel E5 processors, and you've got access to a 40-gigabit network. So you're sitting in a proper data center, you know, multiple levels of redundancy, super-fast disks, all very good things. Uh, they have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. And all of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing, which means you know exactly how much you're up for. And if you happen to turn it off for half a month, well, then you save half a month's worth of billing. It's pretty cool. So as a listener of the show... 
you want to sign up at linode.com slash material, linode.com slash material, and you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards your first plan. And with a seven-day back money-back guarantee, there's literally nothing to lose here, people. So again, go to linode.com slash material to learn more. Uh, you can sign up there as well and take advantage of that $20 credit. And if you're already at the checkout process, if you're already so excited, then you can use the offer code material20 at checkout as well. So we want to thank Linode so much for supporting this show and all of RelayFM. And I will say, this is not a Linode plug, but just to plug cloud services, Yasmin and Andy, I turned off someone's lights last week. We got a tweet and basically my shout out to the Amazon assistant who I will not name because I don't want to do it two weeks in a row. Uh, He said he was sitting in his office. I said the magical words and all the lights in his house turned off. So yes, Yes. (laughs) victory. So speaking of... (laughs) lights turning off or things lighting up. I, I believe we have the other side of our teaser. Yeah. Um, well, they, they say that the star that burns brightest also burns out quickest, and surely the same thing seems to be true of flagship smartphones uh, because the worst story that Samsung could possibly have has even gotten worse uh, with <laughs> repaired updated green battery status, right lot code, right product mode, Everything done, according to the letter, replacement Note 7s are still igniting. Uh, this is beyond a PR thing. This is now, what did Samsung do to offend any of the names of God to invite this sort of stuff? Um, so it's a pretty dramatic. We have stories of at least six in the United States have been uh, have been noted uh and we're not even talking about oh they connected up to a charger and and ignited we're talking about it was in somebody who had not even turned on somebody who had boarded a southwest flight uh they over the over the loudspeakers it's time now to turn off all personal electronics he dutifully turned off his samsung note 7 put it in his pocket and it started to (laughs) it started to ignite and smoke uh the uh uh let's see i think it was uh uh, one of the websites uh, talked to the uh, the Verge talked to the owner of the phone. Brian Green said he had powered down the phone, put it in his pocket, it started smoking. He dropped it on the floor of the plane, and a quote thick gray gray green angry smoke was pouring out of the device. Uh, the Green's colleague went back into the plane after the crew and all the passengers had been evacuated. Thank goodness it was still on the runway. Uh, and he said that the phone had burned through the carpet and scorched the subfloor of the oh plane. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is this is just bad because, right, it's one thing to have the Note 7 uh, exploding and catching on fire and just – they they have this ter- like they have this problem, and they recall all of the phones. And you think, okay, Samsung is doing a good by you know getting everyone um, all all the money like refunds back and getting them a new Note Seven that's supposedly supposed to be fixed. And hey, they've even added some software updates that are supposed to prevent this. And there's going to even be a little green uh, indicator on the battery and all these different things to make you to let you know that you feel safe. But then the replacement ones catch on fire too, and so it no longer becomes a this is a note problem. It becomes a, is this a Samsung problem in terms of quality assurance, right? Because this is kind of what, what's happening. And at first I kind of gave them the benefit of doubt and I said, Hey, you know what? Everyone stuff happens and they're trying to make it right. But there's actually one story that actually, uh, what really upset me over, over, uh, the week weekend was that there was this Kentucky case where the caught, caught on fire on October 4th and the owner contacted Samsung, but the public didn't hear about it until October 8th. The owner told CBS affiliate that he felt Samsung was helping him until he mistakenly received the following text from a Samsung representative that said this, just now got this. I can try and slow him down if we think it will matter, or we just let him do whatever he keeps threatening to do and see if he, if he does it. So, <laughs> terrible, terrible Samsung person who uh, accidentally hit a reply all to and, and included the the person that was behind that email. Um, I was pretty upset because I was like, this this is a brand thing. Like now, like you are not just you are just going out there and ruining your brand because you're not making this right. Um, and so I, you know, I, I think the only I mean, I'm like getting upset about it now, but it's like. I think the only thing to make this right is issue refunds for the phone. And if they actually want to keep the the Samsung brand alive is give them credit for an S7 if they want it. Because 
who in their right mind is going to get a refund from Samsung and want to purchase another Samsung phone? Because the public doesn't think, oh, it's just the Note 7s that are catching on fire. They are associating the Samsung brand to it. And so they need it like... I, I wouldn't buy another Samsung. I mean, I probably I wouldn't I wouldn't even buy a Samsung. But I'm not you know I'm not their target audience. I know as Russell is. But it's just kind of like who in the right mind would do that, especially with Google coming out with a new Pixel phone. It's like who who's going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go buy a Samsung because obviously they don't know uh, don't have good quality assurance and they're not being truthful here. Yeah, I mean, it really is just brand toxicity at this point. Uh, 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 Samsung has confirmed to a couple of different uh, news outlets that no, there will be no fix. They are canceling the Note 7. There will not be ever any more phones called the Galaxy Note 7. They're not manufacturing any new ones. It is dead, 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 dead. Forget it. Uh, and of course, now they of course now they have brand new uh, expanded recall <laughs> as updated on the, the the Samsung page or something. Yeah, as the official Samsung spokesperson for this uh, podcast, I'm going to read you this message that they've got on their recall website. Well, you were the one who was saying, "Oh, look, I've got the Sam's new Samsung. No, you don't have it. Aren't I lucky?" <laughs> I'm extra lucky, Andy, because I get to replace it twice. So it you, says, know, you, know, you, you know what you should have done? You should when, when instead of taking responsibility for like making a mistake with the quality thing, you should have said, "Well, I've, I've been inhaling." toxic fumes from my galaxy note and the doctor says i'll be right as rain in another two weeks but please forgive me but don't blame me blame samsung oh i like it deferred blame so it says samsung is asking all carrier and retail partners here and around the globe to stop sales and exchanges of the galaxy note 7 since the effective devices can overheat and pose a safety risk we are asking consumers with an originally original galaxy note 7 or a replacement galaxy note 7 to power it down and contact the carrier or retail art at where you purchased your Galaxy Note 7. They've said the word Galaxy Note 7 a lot in this. If you bought your Galaxy Note 7 from Samsung.com or have questions, you should contact us and they list the phone number and we can help you. Uh, Galaxy Note 7 owners need to do one of the following. So exchange your current Galaxy Note 7 for a Galaxy S7 or Galaxy S7 Edge and replacement of any Galaxy Note 7 specific accessories with a refund for the price difference between devices or contact your point of purchase to obtain a full refund so i know there's a lot of news outlets covering it and i know this is this is news and you might be getting sick of hearing about this but i mean this is this is a huge 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 deal you recall your phones okay accidents happen things go wrong whatever you recall them you diagnose the problem you're like yeah we're on this consumers no worries you issue a replacement so i went to samsung i said hey you know i'd like my replacement they sent me a replacement cool green battery no worries. And then the green battery ones start catching fire. There is literally almost nothing you can do at that point. You can't issue the issuing a second recall is not an option. You can't re replace phones. People are not going to trust you after that. And I did note recently that they've actually shut down production of the Note Seven entirely. So there's no way to even resurrect the brand. You know, I don't I don't know what you guys think, but I don't think there's gonna be a Note eight. There's there's just not gonna be one of one of those. This it, it is over for the the Note sort of branding and it's going to be really interesting to see what they do in you know three months, six months' time when they come up with the next phone, whether they stick with the Galaxy thing at all, whether they restart the numbers from one just so they can get as far away from seven as they can. I do like Mike Hurley theory, Mike Hurley's theory about this, that they're just going to call it the Samsung Arctic or something like that. Just, just pick, a, pick a name that sounds really, really cold and just says, we promise this won't catch fire. They're going to have hire Aquaman as a spokesperson now. <laughs> that way, you no. Know, but, but yeah, I, recovery is an interesting thing to talk about too. Because yeah, I mean, I don't think they 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 had to get rid of the Note Seven. Whether they go to a Note Eight is hard to guess. I'm the thing is though that uh, the, the the Samsung Galaxy Seven has had no problems whatsoever. So it's not as though. There is a sick process within Samsung that failed to detect it and excuse me, that fails to detect defects and fails to address them. This does seem to be a one off. Uh, and if they can, if the next phone they make has no incidents, I think that this is well past it. And also, this isn't, this would be a death blow for a company like HTC uh, or another company that's really trying to get a, any kind of foothold in the luxury smartphone market. People want Samsung phones. The Note 7 was a hit, a super hit. There are people who are still using the phones even after seeing video of it just simply spontaneously igniting on a table doing nothing. So if they, if they might, 
might maybe they'll come up with a new brand name, but I have no doubt that there's going to be a new phone that is roughly the same size with a roughly the same build quality that also has an S Pen uh, that will call I don't know the Smote Seven or the <laughs> the Tote Seven. <laughs> I've got to say, Andy, you say there's people who don't want to give up this phone. I think that's insane. If you've seen this thing catch fire, and yes, I know, I understand how statistics work. The chances of yours catching fire are probably slim, but it catches fire, people. And if it catches fire in your pocket or next to your bed, and I do notice that um, Oculus released an update to the Gear VR that basically says you you can't plug this thing into your face. Oh, good God. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I have seen people making jokes, but they did release a software update that just basically says, no, you're, you're not going to VR with this thing. Forget about it. But we have one of these people in our office, Andy. I've been trying to get him here on the recording. He won't, he won't come in. But I gave Phil our replacement Note 7 because I saw how excited he was. This is before the controversy. He loves the pen. He loves the features. He's like, oh, I love this phone. I'll switch to it. It's, it's great. And he hasn't, like he has me, he hasn't previously been a Samsung fan. He's on, on whatever the opposite of the Samsung fan train is. And he has not powered down his device. As of this morning, he was still using it. So this is a public shaming, Phil. Phil. This is an intervention. You need to turn the damn phone off and hand it back in. <laughs> Phil, who else is going to put all the Pocket Cast features in? All right, like you are the you are the the Android uh, developer, the the main person behind that. So I want all you Android users that uh, love Pocket Cast that listen to the show to go to Phil. Oh, wait a sec, wait a sec. We have, reach out. Hey, wait, wait. Sorry, I want to do this for <gasps> do you live, we... <laughs> but we have Philip Simpson live on air. Phil, I need <laughs> you. Have... I need to tell us. Hey, hey Phil, you got a light? Oh my goodness, no, Phil, put it down. Put the phone the, um, down. Pen, the curved, the curved edges. I just have to think I can give it up. I'm keeping it. You can't take it off me. No, Phil, you can't. Oh. At least, look, if, if you're gonna, Phil, if you're going to keep using it, at least stay in the office so if it ignites during the show, we'll have viral content to, to exploit. Yeah, exactly. You're being very <laughs> selfish, Phil. That's a backup plan. Just point a camera at it 24-7 mm. and hope it does catch fire. But seriously, yeah. you've got programmer hands. You've got to protect the programmer hands. You've got yeah, programmer you gotta, brain. beautiful hands. You've got to protect them. Ah, goodness me, people. Yeah, and, and, if you, and if if you think that if you're unimpressed with the level of danger, um, xdadevelopers.com <laughs> posted photos of a box that Samsung sent them uh i'm assuming that uh, they had loaner hardware and uh they're of course they're, they want to make sure they get it back uh and normally as someone who usually has about 10 to 20 loaner things there's it's a it's a nice box that maybe goes around the normal shipping box that has things so this is <laughs> this is the return kit it has it's a thermally insulated box it's got a coating on the inside uh thermal lining uh it has it comes with a pair of gloves because apparently whatever they've lined this with can cause allergic reactions in certain people so they ask you to please put on these blue surgical gloves <laughs> before you pack it up Sorry. and all the labels and all the instructions mandate that the, of course the box only be shipped by ground transport so I mean, of course you're not responsible for driving it back to samsung yourself but obviously the, it's a huge warning sticker to the carrier that okay you're this is just going to be put on trucks and don't tell the driver that he's got a ticking time bomb in the back of his truck or something uh, apparently the royal uh, i saw something about the Royal Mail in in, uh, in England was you know we, we refused to handle this device. You're going to have to find another carrier for it. So that's that's how that's how impressed Samsung itself is with the level of danger involved. Uh, because it, maybe it's just because they know that the only thing that could possibly be worse if they wind up having to buy everybody a brand new Samsung phone is if they also wind up having to buy everybody who ordered anything from Amazon or eBay or anywhere have to buy a truck full of merchandise and products and stuff after things start to ignite in there. Hey, uh, Australian Google Shipping, is there any way that you can put uh, Russell's Pixel device in one of those boxes? Because <laughs> oh, then no one will deliver it and then I'll oh, win the Pixel race. Yes, I mean, that is brutal. I, I will say, though, I, I, I don't mind us bashing on Samsung. I think in this case, they definitely deserve it. If after a recall, you can't get things right, then that's on you. That's that's no longer like, you know, that's that's almost negligence to some level. But this is this was the one phone that has come out recently that was like the hardware was amazing. Screen, camera, pen, everything, build quality, waterproof, headphone jack. This phone had it all. And I mean, that, it was like a shining star in the, like Andy said, in the Android universe. This is, this is the one phone, you know. To, to me, the build quality was actually better than an iPhone, which is, that's the gold standard for how you build a device. And for this to happen, 
I mean, this is a big deal in the Android world. And then you have Google who are like, hey, here's our Pixel. It's available on Verizon and maybe we can manufacture <laughs> some of these. Like this is, I don't know, what, I'd, I'd love to hear your opinions on this, but it feels like if you're Google, this is your one chance. You know, you've finally gone up against your hardware manufacturers. You're finally saying, we're making your own device. It feels like now is almost the time you want to go all in. Just start manufacturing millions of these things, like ramp up the advertising, try and get it on more carriers. Like, is this is this not Google's chance to, to walk in? I don't know, but this is like that. Remember there was a year when like the good dinosaur got delayed. And so for one year, uh, the Pixar did not have an animated feature and like <laughs> DreamWorks and Disney were like, oh my God, we have a chance to actually win summer and maybe get an Oscar this year because the one company that always wins is not participating. <laughs> Justin from Google, they say they're not throwing away their shot. They're just like their country. They're young, scrappy, and hungry, and they're not throwing away their shot. I don't know. I feel like sometimes people need to smile more and talk less, yes, man. Oh. Hey. Oh, you, you, you watched Hamilton finally. I listened to Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, or listen to it, not watch it, listen to it. Um, I, I, I hope they rise up. Oh, my goodness. I can't stop with these. <laughs> Okay, well, my I cold think that, I medicine think that, is going to kick in. <laughs> you you realize that there is an entire track, entire song on that uh, on that two CD album called "Burn," so Ooh. we should probably start. <laughs> but, but you know the, the, the thing that really I'm, upsets I'm me. I'm copying all of your text onto a Samsung phone. <laughs> Let it burn, burn. I'm awake. <laughs> but you know, the, I guess the only thing that I mean, like, okay, this whole thing sucks, right? Because. It, it, phones catching on fire is not a good thing. Uh, but from an Android perspective, you know, you pointing out that this was one of the phones that everyone was like, this is probably the best phone, the Note 7. Everyone loves it. And then it catches on fire. But I'm just tired. Uh, I, I'm sad that this happened because I'm tired of hearing Apple users uh, defend removing the headphone jack because uh, they were like, well, we had to make it waterproof. And then you're like, well, the Note 7 was waterproof and they had a headphone jack. And they're like, yeah, but this one doesn't explode and set on fire. So come on, Samsung, you let us all down. You, uh, you, you let Apple uh, get away with that none. If anything, it bolsters Apple's case because that extra headphone jack fed the, fed the fire with more oxygen. You know, <laughs> if it had been better sealed up, it'd be like sort of like the fire codes refuse to let you have openings that go from one floor to another. So yeah, I mean, for all you I, know, I, your I'm chagrined. Catch fire, I, I, I just had no oxygen to do so. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> is that how position? But they'll, they'll come back. <laughs> well, we 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 wish the best to Samsung and um we kid because we know last... you'll bounce back from this Samsung. You'll bounce back Samsung. And you know what this, to show you how much how deeply we feel about if you were to send all of us uh Samsung Galaxy S7s, we'll use them. And whenever you come out with another large phone with a pen, we'll use the, just send them over to us, we'll we'll use them, you know. We'll t- spend a entire show just using them. Not only that, but we are we are super interested to hear what strategies you are hatching. So I imagine somewhere there's a boardroom with some marketing people and some business people, and they're trying to figure out the way forward. And as much as like you know it's, it's disaster and whatever else, it is going to be super fascinating to see what Samsung do next. Because like you say, Andy, they're a huge company. They're not going down because of this, but to see how they actually b- bounce back, I think that's going to be fascinating. And if you find yourself needing a job, well. Do we have an answer for you? This episode of Material is brought to you by Indeed Prime. Indeed Prime helps teach talents such as software developers and data scientists and uh, maybe even manufacturers to simplify their job search and land their dream job. Candidates get immediate exposure to the best tech companies with just one simple application to Indeed Prime. Companies on Prime's exclusive platform message candidates with salary and equity up front. The average software developer gets five employer contracts and an average salary offer of $125,000. Indeed Prime is 100% free for candidates, no strings attached, and when you're hired, Indeed Prime gives you a $2,000 bonus to say thanks for using Prime. But, 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 if you are a Material Podcast listener and you use the Material Podcast link, you'll get a $5,000 bonus instead. That's an extra $3,000 that, uh, you know, maybe could buy you some Pixel phones. So if you sign up now at Indeed.com forward slash Material, you will get the extra $3,000 signing bonus. We want to thank, every- we want to thank everyone for listening. We want to thank Indeed Prime for sponsoring the show and all of Relay FM. We do have an update. Uh, Shifty Jelly offices do not appear to be on fire yet. Uh, we will update. As... We will update you through the show. 
No, there's no smoke. They say where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't see smoke. So, again, if you, if you're running around in flames, Phil, run into come, his come office into so we get the video. <laughs> we need the clicks, man. And you're going to need skin grafts. Someone's going to have to pay for that. Yeah, if you think about how many, uh, I think Stephen Hackett of Real FM got 1.5 million views, something like that, for his iPhone hissing video. Imagine how many you'd get for a Phil on Fire video. I'm just, oh, I'm just saying, we could, we Phil, could top that. Phil, come on. <laughs> Maybe we should just set fire to it anyway. Who's going to? Phil just doesn't seem to be a team player. I think that when you, when you, his performance review comes up, that should be something you discuss with him. Yeah, I'm not sure you can uh, performance review your your co-founder. Does that work? I don't know. No, how that works. Totally does. Did we'll, not catch. We'll make it happen. Did not let we'll phone catch it. fire. We'll Whoopi Goldberg lost her eyebrows a long time ago, and she can possibly be more successful. Phil, you know, losing losing body hair due to fire, people come back from that. <laughs> just protect those coding hands. Just protect those uh, coding hands. There is going to be a major Chrome update, and this is going to make everyone happy because it will reduce RAM consumption by up to 50%. Um, and there's, this is probably the, the biggest pet peeve of Google uh, Chrome is that it just eats up your battery like no other because it's just using all the RAM. And it's just using up so much memory. Um, and that's why a lot of people, you know, use Safari, but now if you're on Mac, but now they're saying that there's going to be a major update to uh, fix that. Yeah, um, the a lot of the it, it, the the RAM consumption happens because so many websites are just little web based applications. They're not just static uh, static documents, and they do all that magic because of Java. And so, if you have a every browser or a, a, a browser kit uh, has a Java engine, and if you can optimize that and make that faster, uh, if you can make that handle memory better, uh, the knock on effects are just immense. Uh, and so, there is actually the uh, uh, Java engine inside of Chrome is called the V8 Java engine. I think they talked about there was it got a big send off like two years ago at Google I/O or something, uh, as I recall. But that's how big they thought it was. Um, and there was a new post on the official V8 developer blog. Uh, and I'm quoting here, memory consumption is an important dimension in the JavaScript virtual machine performance trade-off space. Uh, and that's uh, written by Michael Hebleach. I'm sorry. And continues, over the last few months, the V8 team analyzed and significantly reduced the memory footprint of several websites that were identified as representative of modern web development patterns. Uh, and the blog post also has a graph of what uh, it, what uh, the Java cons- what the memory consumption is of about two or three dozen popular websites are using the current edition of Chrome with the current version of the V8 engine and what it's doing with uh, the next version, uh, version I think it's 55. Uh, and some of them are... Pretty Pretty striking, like the New York Times site. Uh, if you're uh, looking at a page in the New York Times, uh, it uses an average of 50 megabytes, a little bit over 50 megabytes, as a matter of fact. In the new engine, and it's actually less than 20. Uh, so that could be a pretty, pretty big deal. Um, it's going to be, we're not going to be getting it uh, until early December. But yeah, I mean, if, if uh, yes, I mean, if, if you were to see, <laughs> there, there are times when <laughs> I, I, I will say that there are many times where the only Things I, the only identity I can see in my browser tabs are the little like application little icons that are in there because all the text as there's so many tabs open. There are no! times, however, there are You're times, however, people. when well, I, it's like, ah, but it, it gets worse. There are times where like I'm I'm really really busy. Or it's it's mostly when I'm like I'm about to file a column and I'm just doing lots and lots of fact checking. And so there are times where it's just like. It's like like slash lines because there is no room for anything but a couple pixels between these two tabs. Uh, I mean, if <laughs> I've, I've I've often said that if there's a plugin that simp that does nothing but not allow you to have more than ten tabs open at a time, I would think that was a very very positive thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've. I've had pe- I have I've had to work with people that were like that, and, and every time I saw their screen, I'm like, oh, "What are you doing to yourself? You stop that right now and close all those tabs." No, no, so the, I'll, I'll tell you, you the your, use your mom voice when you say that, don't you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you're gonna pick up these toys. You're gonna you pick gonna up get... these socks. <laughs> and you're gonna. <laughs> no, I, I do have a problem with people that open that many tabs, but I will say the one exception is you're allowed to open as many tabs as you want. You know, command clicking while you're researching something. But as soon as you finish researching it, I find it really uh, cathartic, it. therapeutic to just be like, close, close, close. And I do it manually. Yeah. It's probably a shortcut for it. But I just love clicking the little yep. X's. I'm like, that feels good. I've cleaned up. And I will say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, was, then, uh, I mean, okay, I have a lot of tabs open right now for the show. But 
after the show, I'm going to close them out. Like, you know, I do my research. I have all the tabs open, but you got to close them. You got you got to I do no, you know, I, you got to you got to close, close the research sometime. I do close them and Russell, you, you are right. It's like there t- uh, there are times where I don't feel like working, so I will simply tidy. <laughs> and so it feels <laughs> yes. good to like I I'm going to cl- I'm going to get I, I will never get to inbox 0, but I will get to tab 0 by the end of the day. Uh, and so, and actually, actually, though, one of the things that changed my behavior uh, was when I realized that my bookmarking strategy needed to be updated since the what we have is using it since uh, 2003, 2004. Now, every single month, I start the month by creating a new bookmark folder with just like saves for the month of, you know, uh, of uh, October 2016. And so because the problem is like, it's my workspace or like a whole bunch of like, I'm uh, doing a whole bunch of, uh, of, of uh, Python scripting and building stuff for the Raspberry Pi. And I need to have these 11 different things available to me. Uh, but now I'll simply, okay, it goes in this folder and then I'll, I'll have them back when I get back into the work into work tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, if, if I think the next really brilliant, I'm being serious here, one of the next really brilliant moves that uh, the next edition of a web browser can be is just one that does a really good job of window and tab management. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of silly that um, I can have eight instances of uh, of uh, of Twitter open. I think that it should uh, it should be so simple for uh, the next time that I try to open like my uh, my webmail client. It says, "Oh, by the way, you already have that client open in this other window. Would you like me to instead take you to that window instead of opening a brand new one?" Oh. It's like there's so many ways you can fix this. <laughs> no, See, that's I'm going to disagree with you on that one because I like. I usually have the tab open for a reason, I guess because I am one of those people that does close the tab when I'm done with it. So if it replaced whatever I was, I'd be kind of upset. So, I, yeah. The, I, have, yeah. <laughs> I have the answer for both of you. It's machine learning. Answer? It's that simple. Just machine the machine just learning. needs to learn what kind of user you are. Are you a, a, someone who just, just opens too many randomly tabs? randomly closing tabs you just for help you. you out. Clean up. But if you're one of those people who fastidiously close the tabs, it'd be like, okay, I see that, I see that you're particular this. I'm going to get out of your way. But I will say that, this feels like another opportunity where Google could literally walk it in. I know I'm going to offend some people here, but I, I think Chrome is the best browser that it's out there. But the one big headache that it causes everyone is if you run it on a laptop where you're not plugged into power, boy, does it love CPU cycles and boy, does it love memory. If they can fix those two things, it feels like they could walk it in because there are, there are some cases where I'm like, all right, I'm going to be off a charger for five hours. Uh, I can't use the Chrome browser. I have to open Safari and... I love all you Safari people. You're the, you're the best, but I hate that browser with a passion. I'm just like, oh, I have to use Safari. Fine, I'll use it because I want the battery life. But man, Google, just just solve that issue. You can do it. I believe in you. The only time I open Safari is when I uh, want to check what something looks like when I'm not signed into something. I have multiple browsers installed on my desktop, chiefly because sometimes uh chrome is my home for for the web i also have safari if i have to run something separate from if if i have to run something that's separate from what i'm doing in chrome and chrome is being really really slow and i don't want to have i don't have time to close down windows but i need to get this uh and then of course you have the tor browser because you don't want uh you don't want actually i I use it for like when i was uh, looking at car loans it's like i don't want the advertisers to know I'm thinking about buying a car. I'm not looking for porn. I'm not trying to <laughs> state secrets. I just don't want car advertisers to know that I might be looking for a car soon. Uh, um, see but- that? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll get – that will happen to me because sometimes I have to do research for my work. And I'm like, no, I'm actually not interested in this particular product. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess it's for the most part tied to my work account. So, um, yeah, that's <laughs> tracking and ads. Um Another fun bit of new updates is that Google announced Nougat 7.1 dev release, which is going to have a circular app icon support, which we've seen on the Pixel. Uh, So, no. No, I'm going to stop you there, yes, man. I want your opinion on this. You're going to stop me there. I want your opinion on this, but I'm going to give you mine first. That feels like a very mouth. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But for the longest time, I'm I'm on board with Android. I love the operating system. It's great. But for the longest time, the main thing that's bugged me about it is none of the icons are the same size. There's big icons, there's little no, no, icons, yes. there's circle like I, I know there are launches. You, I, I agree know there with are launches you on that. that fix it. But no, <laughs> I do. No, I honestly, I want your opinion. I just want to say that I, I love okay. the, the okay, circular sorry. icons, not because they're round, <laughs> not because they're round, but because they're all going to be the same size, and I'm all on board on that. So yes, I'd love to hear what you think as well. All right, all right, all right. 
So, yes, icons on Android have always been a big pain, pain point for people that really are into design and like nice things, right? Because there is no consistency. It drives people nuts because it, you literally can have any size icon. And if you are just have them on your home screen, like they can just look, um, you know, like ridiculous because they're all different sizes. So I actually always have an icon pack installed and I usually always get one that looks pretty close to like stock, but they just made all the icons look a little bit, uh, you know, consistent in terms of the sizing, a little bit nicer. But the one I have is I ride UI and I'll put a link in there, but all of the icons are actually, um, they're not circular. They're not, uh, you know, rounded corners or anything like that. They're actually just like floating icons like, you, you know, regularly would see. So like, many folders, yes, man. You keep showing us so your many folders. You can't so see all the folders. folders. Uh, but I actually like it because it, I don't know. I, I like the floating icon and it has a different shape. Like it, it looks a lot nicer um, and it does kind of leave your your uh, background to have more room because that's not one shape. But the one th- I will say that I am going to be happy that they're all going to be consistent circles. Uh, but one thing that's going to happen is there's going to be just a regular icon and then they're just going to put like a white background on it. So you're just going to have lots and lots of white uh, background items on your device. And that's not going to look very nice. Uh, so that's the only thing that really kind of bugs me. But I will say that I am at least happy that there's going to be consistency because um, icons on Android like has been the hardest thing and they just don't have any anything that's consistent like I think uh, even even some of the Google apps don't even follow like the material design icon uh, guidelines so I'm happy there's gonna be consistency but I actually really just love the the floating icon without uh, any like circular or you know round object yeah I think that's fair enough because I, I'm, I'm biased right pocket cast is a round icon it's already round so we're like well this is gonna be easy just gonna make sure you get the you know the the thing centered and like in there and the right size i suppose there, there are, yeah i know i suppose there are some apps which just naturally aren't right and i think they're going to do exactly what you say yasmin they're going to put backgrounds behind it and yeah i hadn't thought of that to be honest that is a really good point if a lot of my icons start having like white backgrounds and black backgrounds and the icon is still there it's just in a circle that yeah that could be a bit weird i actually that reminds me i think the first time i met you um where i was showing you my phone for whatever reason and you were like what a pocket cast like who what icon is that because i was using an icon pack and i was like it's your app like what do you mean and i was like all right i have an icon pack on uh that was pretty if i had known you better guys man i think i would have given you the mica how dare you how dare you change our icon we we worked hard on that you just get your own okay so here's the, the only question i have is yes your icon is circular right now but it doesn't have at least the the one that I have on the icon pack. It doesn't have a background. Is that what it currently looks like? Because no, that's like, not if our it's icon. Circular, yes, man. You've, oh you've my made goodness. your own icon. <laughs> I'm so offended. Okay, uh, never mind. I take it back. <laughs> on the on the on the plus side, though, it does mean that on your Apple Watch, you are three quarters of the way towards completing all three of your fitness rings. <laughs> For those that don't get that visual joke, Yasmin's got a version of the Pocket Cast icon, which is just the two floating, uh, I don't know, semicircles. Now I know what your icon, called? I just saw colorful, what your icon looks colorful like. Colorful <laughs> semicircles, yeah. uh, semi yes. But, um, uh, but yeah, the actual icon. The, uh, Yasmin's made her own. Fine, Yasmin. T- fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I take it back. Your icon's already set. <laughs> this is what happens with Android. No one really knows what anyone is running or what experience anyone is having. Uh, but other things, they're going to have enhanced live wallpaper, uh, which is cool because if it does what the the Pixel, like I saw um, a video where it had the wallpaper actually looked really, really neat when they changed it depending on like where you had the phone. So it's going to have enhanced live wallpaper metadata to uh, help you do some of that. So I think that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Let's see what other things they're going to have. They're going to... Uh, give you app shortcuts shortcuts api so it lets you surface key actions directly in the launcher and take your users deep in your app instantly you can create up to five shortcuts either statically or dynamically so this is actually a lot like the ios um force touch what is it called Three, yeah 3d touch it's it's 3D one touch. it's it's actually a feature that i've been sort of envying on ios where uh, you know how like uh, you've got like say the, the lightroom app and you just want to launch it just because you want to take a picture and so instead of like tapping the button and then tapping the, the camera button or installing a special widget that comes with Lightroom for just taking pictures, you could just touch and hold or force touch it and it will pop up whatever the five things that uh, the, the five things that uh, the app developer thought you're most likely to want to use and of course take picture would be in one of them uh, and it it's actually also uh, I, I, I 
cut and pasted the stuff. This is from the, uh, the Google development page, not from like the human customer page. Uh, but it's, they're saying that they're both, you can do either static or dynamic ones, means that, meaning that you can have them just, they're hard-coded, they just do it uh, exactly the way, or dynamically, meaning that you, the app can figure out in this context what do you want the user to have an option to do right here. Um, it's, it's, that's probably the one thing of all these things that has gotten me uh, most excited about uh, 7.1. Yeah, we'll say on. Uh, so I actually. Sorry, you go, Yasmin. No, I will say that um, it, this is. I mean, to be fair, like we talk about the things that Apple steals from Google and Google steals from it. This is straight out of iOS. Like the the staticness, the dynamicness, even the amount of things like in a list. Obviously, Apple did the research. Google must have done similar research, and they're like, okay, this is this is the right amount of items. My only one problem with this is that it's kind of like a right click menu. Like it until you press it. You have no idea what's going to pop up. And I, I get that there's no way to solve that, but that is my one kind of beef is that for people to discover and use this, you just have to try it. You're like, okay, I'm going to press on this icon and see what happens. And when I learn that something good happens, yeah, okay, I'll use it. But if I long press on or force touch on like four different icons and nothing interesting comes up, like I personally have never gone back to these features. I've kind of forgotten they exist. I'll, I'll defer to the user interface expert. <laughs> As a UX designer... Uh, now I haven't done any, I haven't done much uh, research in this, but I have noticed that a lot of people say they're hard to find. So the thing is, these are definitely features for power users, right? You're like, you're not going to put something that is essential to your app behind one of these, uh, interactions. Like this, this isn't the only place that you're going to be able to access that information. And if you are a developer and you build it that way, then you need help from a UX designer and they will gladly help you and tell you, uh, hey, this is how you can actually make it easier, easier for your user. But really, this is a power, uh, power user feature. So I will say that I'm, I'm kind of okay with that because it's like, this is definitely power user. It gives you the ability to get to a quick action um, right away within the app without having to go through all the different steps. So like for that, that's actually really exciting for me. Um, and I've actually been kind of playing with uh, some form of variation this on Action Launcher, which uh, Chris Lacey introduced. And so I've actually been messing with it. And the cool thing about the Action Launcher, it tells you which apps have that available. And so one of them is Google Play Music. Um, and when you swipe up, that's how, or swipe down, you can swipe different ways. That's the inter interaction that Grace Lacey has decided to implement is it gives you the, the list options. So one of them is I'm feeling lucky, my library, and then recent activity. And the one thing that I always love to get to from Google Play Music really fast is I'm feeling lucky. Like, I'm, I usually don't like to just play a certain song or artist. I just kind of want to go, I'm feeling lucky, just play some music and, and just uh, I'll keep on hitting that dice button if, I, if, I, if it's not what I want. Um, so I think that that's super cool because then I don't actually have to open the app. I just say, I'm feeling lucky and boom, it starts doing what it uh, needs to do. Um, and they had a widget to do this. And the thing is with Android has had widgets in the past. Like this is Android has widgets, but they've always been kind of hit or miss. Um, I don't know a lot of people that actually keep widgets on their home screen. I know Russell does. Calendar. But they're kind of Calendar. Uh, the they, best widget ever. Calendar. Too. And, it, and, and widgets are actually really, really helpful. Um, but in some instances, people aren't just putting, like, they're not even checking out which widgets are available. Um, they're just going straight into the app. So, it's a power user thing, so like therefore I am okay with the way it's accessed. Uh, but yeah, it's not that intuitive. I think one thing that actually might be uh, beneficial is if there is some form of indicator letting you know which apps actually have that built in. Because like you said, Russell, if you keep on long pressing on apps or doing this multiple times, and you're getting a lot of apps that don't have that built in then you're really not going to want to continue exploring because it's like annoying. Cause it's like I just wasted time long pressing on something while I could have just opened the app. Well, it's not necessarily uh, the sort of feature where someone is going to expect to uh, be long pressing everything. Uh, it's exactly the sort of interface enhancement that I like, where if you're a new user who is likely to be confused by complexity, it's hidden, it's out of the way, it's not going to screw you up. Uh, you're not going to think, oh, well, why are there three different places I can go to take a picture? But uh, after two or three months, when you have mastered or really got, or at least gotten competent with all the other features, it's one of those things that makes it easier to use even three months later because 
the the fourth, fifth, sixth, or maybe twentieth time you think, oh man, I just wish that. I've, why why doesn't Lightroom just have like a separate app called Lightroom Capture that's just a camera app? And then you're so frustrated that oh my god, you actually do a Google search for how do I <laughs> Lightroom camera shortcuts and find oh you mean that all along I just could have long pressed on it and then immediately taken oh. You are. You will be upset that you that that wasn't uh, front and center on day one for about ten seconds. But then for the rest of the life of the product, you'll be really pleased that you have this shortcut. All right, I, I have to admit, you two have brought me around, especially you, Yasmin, UX designer. I, I, I yeah, <laughs> bow down to superior wisdom. I, I think you're actually right. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm over it now. It's fine. It's for. It's for power users. It's short. It, it is called shortcuts. It's, I guess so. it's a power user. Yeah, I'm on board. Two other so, things that I'm on board with are image keyboard support and. Yeah, I'm hoping this means what it think. It, I think it means you'll be able to like select images directly from the keyboard. You'll also be able to you know put stickers and animated gifs in there. I'm all for that. That the keyboard is seems like the right place for that stuff to be. And the the other big one is as someone who makes a, po- a podcasting app, storage is a big issue. You know, you have people saying a lot. Ah, oh, you know, I've downloaded this many, and how do I get rid of them? How do I do this? Uh, they're going to give users, uh, or I guess app developers, a way to take a user directly to a new setting screen to clear unused files and free up storage space. So, I've yet to dig into this, and I really want to. I'd actually probably report back next week. You know, once we do. But I'm hoping this means that we can give people like a standard way to to clean up sort of you know files that they don't need that just be like here push this button go here press a whole bunch of buttons and now you have your storage back yeah that that's that's another thing that i wish that like apple would steal from google uh the ability to not simply say well i can't do that because you've got this setting screwed up but i'll wait here patiently while you go over to another apps in settings and then take care of it the ability to say that here's what you need to do i'm going to basically embed the control <laughs> right here in front of you so you can do exactly what i told you to do uh and so the number of times i've i've not used features because i just don't i don't have i don't have time for 18 seconds to go back somewhere change a wi-fi setting come back or especially storage uh and having to clear up space which is again if you you're super you feel super thrilled and lucky to have that wonderful uh intensely blue pixel phone and then you realize you're stuck with 32 gigs for life <laughs> and you could have just bought a blue case for your tour for your what, one terabyte yeah, size it's covered phone. behind a blue case anyways um yeah the, the image keyboard one i'm i'm super excited because you know i like my bitmoji um, and I like my, my GIFs, so uh, uh, I'm uh, going I'm, – I'm excited for that one because you can actually add images from the image uh, keyboard like, – or not image keyboard, but they're going to add support for you to do that because the other way that you had to do it before was upload an image. And in some instances, uh, some places don't let you kind of like the upload – like it, it's just not – it's not that easy to have to click on the image and then you're taken to the app and then you have to choose it and then it's like selecting the image upload. So anyways, if you, you can just do that with all within the keyboard, it's just going to make it really, really easy to uh, share funny uh, GIFs, you know? It's going to be it's gonna be fun. Um, other other fun bit of news is that Project Fi has announced family plans. Woo! So my husband and I will be saving a whopping drum roll. $5. A day? Five dollars a day? No, no, not a day. Five dollars for a month. So, mm. hey, you know what? I'll take it. And do you get? I'll take do it. you get to share so, data? Do you get any sort of funky features like that? We don't have it in Australia. So this, is, this is why I'm asking. Right, right, right. So the base cost of a Project Fi uh, subscription is twenty dollars, and that comes with unlit- unlimited text messaging and unlimited, unlimited uh, voice calls. And then you just pay for a gig of data. Like it's ten dollars for a gig of data. So if you only use half a gig, you only pay five dollars. So it's not going to save us any money in terms of hey, you and I can split some of that data because. It just charges you for what you're using. Yep. So in that regard, it's not actually going to help you um, anything, but it's going to help you just save $5. So it's $5 per user that you add to the line. You can add, I believe it's uh, up to six of them. So, I mean, if you if you have several people on there, um, like if you have a family, like if my daughter had a phone, uh, that would be $10. And then if you add another person, $15. So it does add up. Uh, but if it's just going to be you and another person, $5. You know, it's it's not a whole lot, but I will take it. I will take it. That's an extra, uh, you know, half a gig that I can use in, in there without uh, getting charged extra. So um, I'm going to, after the show is uh, done, 
get it all set up. I, I was trying to do it at work. I mean, I was not trying to do it at work. <laughs> I, on my break, I was trying to, I did look up at the Project Vi like app, you know, when on my, on my break, you know, <laughs> but I was I didn't see the option to do it. I guess you can only do it from the browser. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do, I'll do that tonight when everyone is at home so that I don't accidentally uh, mess up uh, my husband's connection, <laughs> somehow disconnect him in some way, you know. So uh, it'll be nice to have just one account that we manage because we used to have that before and then we had to do separate ones. So, I mean, it's a good move. So I think it's a good move. And if you, uh, it's just not going to save you any money on data, but will save you on users. So yay. And and the cool <laughs> bit is that they are offering a discount for the Nexus 5X and the Nexus 6P. Uh, because those are you do have to have a Nexus or a Pixel device to use it. Uh, so they're actually, I think it was like over 150 bucks discount. So it's actually a really good discount. So if you know you can't afford the the Pixel and you want to get a phone, you want to get on Project Fi, the 6P and the 5X are still you know great phones that you can use, and you can also pay it off in 24 months without interest. So great deal. Go go check out Project Fi. Another one last thing is that when I opened up my Google Cast app uh, the other day, I got a little notification. It was kind of like an onboarding or not notification, sorry. It was just a screen that just said Google Cast will soon become Google Home. So they are renaming the Google Cast app to the Google Home app, which makes sense because as we learned previously, uh, the Google Home is essentially kind of just like a casting device. And so they they let you know that the icon is going to change. And the funny part is that the icons that they showed on there were square icons. I'm sure they'll go they'll go to circular, <laughs> but um, it's just kind of funny. I'm like, teams aren't talking to each other. That's all right. Uh, but uh, they did tell you like, hey, it's going to change. The name's going to change and you'll still be able to cast some stuff. So, uh, Russell, you did ask a question and you were like, are they renaming the you know Google Cast, Google Home? Uh, no, it appears that I think that's still going to say the same because it says, one app to discover new content and manage your Google Home Assistant and Cast devices. So they're still rename. They're still keeping the Cast. Uh, just gonna rename the app. So I th- I'll be good. I I'm so excited for Google Home. Please, please come <laughs> early. Maybe maybe uh, Best Buy will accidentally like ship it to me before it's supposed to be released. <laughs> Fingers, awesome. crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But uh, it's a it's a fun bit of you know news. Just small updates. Super. But I will say this, we do have the great pixel race, but unfortunately, Russell, you're going to be out for next material, and then the following material, I am going to be out. Um, so I don't know if the listeners are going to get updated on oh, who wins I can the give great you an pixel update right race. now, Yasmin. I have confirmed that while I'm out, I will be able to touch a pixel phone. And No, if, that is if, not fair. If I can maybe push this person down some stairs or you know, get them a little bit inebriated, I may be able to take the phone with me. So you never know. There, there could be a nefarious way to win yeah. this race. Or, or, or maybe at the closed casket funeral of someone who works in your office, you could ask his <laughs> widow, can you, can, I, I don't want you to be, to be bothered and upset when the phone that he bought arrives. Why don't you just let me change that stripping date so it comes to my house? I'm willing to do this to help you through this troubled times. Philip, pat down that Note 7 or I will steal your pixel art. I like this line. After all, it was yeah, a smartphone yeah, yeah. No, that killed no, your husband. I just don't, I'm just trying, trying to protect you, Estelle. Phil is uh, Team Yasmin. Last year, he he was like he intercepted the package and would not give it to Russell. So Phil, yeah, Phil is Team Yasmin. So we're we're rooting for Phil. Phil, please put the device down, ship it back in that container. We do not want you to get hurt. Uh, where can people find you, Andy, and stay connected with you? Uh, you have to spell my last name. Uh, just go to anotgo.com or uh, uh, follow the user anotgo on Twitter or anotgo on Instagram to find all of everything that I'm foolishly uh, willing to say in public and write in public. And Russell, where can people find you on the line? Uh, they can find me on this podcast giving out koala facts that I hope Andy has written into the document correctly because for all I know, he could have made well, this up. Did. Koalas have... No sweat glands. A koala cools itself by licking its arms and stretching out in a tree. And you can also find me at twitter.com slash rusty shelf. Yeah, th- thanks for bringing that up. I mean, I, I felt that after disseminating uh, 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 koala prop- anti-koala propaganda, 
Uh, I've assembled a, a list of eight different exciting uh, koala facts, uh, mostly benef- uh, uh, thanks to the Australian Koala Foundation. You will find those in your show notes. Uh, and so if you want to find out uh, why, uh, why infant koalas uh, cannot digest uh, fibrous things and how they do disgusting things in order to learn how to do these things, uh, if they want to find out how many thumbs a koala has and other exciting things, uh, by all means, check out the show notes. And thank you, the Australian Koala Foundation, the, a foundation that, that's actually uh, working to keep us, uh, koalas safe and have their numbers flourish, uh, much like the mighty whatever it is that is flourishing in Australia today. Spider. Because Mighty Russell's spider. not doing his part. So, you know, <laughs> Koala Foundation has to. I think Shifty Deli needs to make a donation to the Koala Foundation as, as, it, as an apology. Ooh, as an apology. Um, That's I'm, not a terrible idea. It's an apology. <laughs> and I'm at Yasmin Avian on Twitter. And you can find me hopefully recovering from this cold. Um, and you can find us on the, on the web at relay.fm forward slash no. Relay.fm forward slash material and on Twitter at, at Material Podcast. Oh my goodness, I need to end this. And at materialpodcast at gmail.com, you can send us feedback. Until next time, stay in material. We're excited for our awesome two guest co hosts. Um, I'm excited because it's going to, I don't know if we're going to announce the names yet. We're not going to announce the names, but they're going to be awesome Android uh, developers. So I, I'm excited for that. And it was kind of funny because as we were picking the guest co hosts, we were all kind of fighting going, I, or I was fighting going, like, oh, I want to talk to that Android developer too, though. Not fair. So maybe we'll have to uh, have them on multiple times. So, anyways, until next time, stay in material.